Hey everyone, welcome to season two, episode 18 of the Right Words podcast. I am Hayley Walsh, your host, author of Lighthearted Fiction, and as always, I'm coming to you from Darug country in far western Sydney at the base of the beautiful Blue Mountains. Now, I just love it when I get to chat with fellow writing podcast hosts, and I did just that. I had a wonderful chat with the lovely Stacey Hawkes. Stacey is an author, a poet, and host of the Writing Wall podcast. Now, Stacey and I actually have a partner in common in Tea with Coffee Media. And of course, the president of Tea with Coffee Media is the awesome Tyler Witkowski, who has also joined us as a guest this season. Stacey was a great guest, so make yourself a cuppa, sit back, relax, and listen to my chat with Stacey. Hello everyone. I am joined today by the lovely Stacey Hawkes. Stacey is an author, a poet, and fellow podcast host. Now we also have a writing partner in common, but more about that later. Stacey, welcome to the Right Words podcast. Hi Haley. thank you so much for having me. You are more than welcome. It's been a long time coming, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I've enjoyed our interactions on Twitter and, and social media. It's been fun. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Stacey, did you want to um, just start by telling everyone a little bit about yourself and where you're coming from? Sure. So my name is Stacey Hawks. I'm the author of Dividing Ridge, The Unsolved Murder of Elba Brannock and Devil's Ridge. I'm also a poet, as Haley mentioned, and a podcaster. I am from Allegheny County, North Carolina. We're located in the Blue Ridge Mountains, and I've lived here all of my life. Beautiful. And you were just telling me before we were recording that you're sort of caught in the um, aftermath of Hurricane Ian over there. So I'm glad everyone's okay. Yes. Yeah. It's just a lot of rain and a lot of wind right now, just sort of the remnants and whatever's left over from that storm. But our, our thoughts and prayers are with everyone that has been dealing with that storm and in its path. Yeah. Look, um, I think in the last couple of years, in lots of ways, the world is um, upside down, isn't it? Gone topsy-turvy, really, with the weather and COVID. It's been hard for everybody. Absolutely. You never know what's going to come down the come down the pipeline, like back in 2019 or actually to that. Well, actually, it was probably 2021, right after the COVID. We had a major earthquake here of 5.9. It was like one of the largest earthquakes we'd had mm, ever. Scary. And it, yeah, <laughs> shook us all out of bed that morning. So you just never know, you know, what's going to happen with the weather and stuff. But it's, you know, at least, at least it'll, it will pass. We all want it to pass and let everybody get out of this, get out of this rainy weather. Yes. The sun will come out again. Absolutely. <laughs> but I'm glad everyone's okay. So let's move on to more interesting things. Um, let's move away from the weather. So Stacey, how long have you actually been writing? So I've been writing probably for as long as I can remember. I would often write in middle school. I started out writing poetry. It was just one of those things that I enjoyed a lot once I discovered Edgar Allan Poe, Sylvia Plath, all those great poets and poetesses and just um, just sort of blossomed from there. I went from writing poetry to slowly trying my hand at writing like little stories and books. And then as I got to um, as I got to college, wrote papers, books never really left me. I kind of wanted to always write a book, but never mm -hmm. dreamed I would publish a book. So I mean, I there mean, you go. You, you think about it, but you never, you're like, it'll never happen. No one, cause you know, back then it was all traditionally published. Uh, there was no KDP. And then, that's right. We're so lucky these days, aren't we? We're so lucky. We are. I mean, a lot has changed as far as publishing goes and the opportunity that people have now to get their stories out there. 
Um, but you know, after college, I wrote this, started to write a paper about this murder. And I thought, well, maybe I'll use it someday for, you know, my PhD or something. But then I kept hearing characters' voices in my head and I decided maybe, maybe I'll just write this as a book because I kept seeing it as a story as a whole and not just a, not just a research project. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I, when I look back, um, poetry was the first thing I wrote too. I started writing poetry in high school. So very similar. Yeah, it's a great outlet. I just, um, <clears throat> I love it. I wish I do. I wish I did more of it. My, my first few collections that are available on Amazon are collections of poetry that I've just kept in a drawer over the years and just sort of put together and mm. had them finally put out there over the years. Yeah, fantastic. I'm so glad you finally got them out there. That's wonderful. Now, Stacey, do you have a day job? And if you do, does it inspire your work? I do have a day job. I am actually a professional genealogist. I'm an air tracer. I basically, I find individuals and let them know that there is uh, money out there available to them. I work for law offices, for real estate offices. Um, and yeah, it, I mean, a lot of it translates over into my work because a lot of this is that I write about is true crime. And sometimes mm. it requires me to go and look up family histories. Oh, that'd be really interesting. You get to you know, dive deep into that and sort of do some research. That would be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And you can find some great names too. Whenever you do like family trees, you can, you can come up with great names for your characters and stuff like that and just pull from there if you need to. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. And, and what do you actually like to read? Do you, I do you love... read the same genre that you write or do you read something completely different? I do. And you know, it's funny. Like I love to read historical fiction. I love political thrillers. I love, I'm getting to where I like fantasy a, a lot. I mean, it's just, it's taking some time, but I'm starting to like fantasy. Uh, but one of my good friends on Twitter, Philip Raymond Brown, he's also a co-host for the show. He, um, he, he writes uh, sci-fi historical fiction mashups. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like aliens with historical figures involved. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a nice, yeah. interesting mashup there. I love that. It is. It really is. And he's really good at it. It gives you strength as like my fate, one of my favorite books so for young adults, especially to get kids started and in, in interested in history and science fiction. And reading as well yeah, which is yeah absolutely. a win-win isn't it oh yeah you're winning all the way around <laughs> yeah now you, you like to read fantasy do you think you'll ever dabble in trying to write some fantasy does that interest you no, at all I, it does interest me but I don't think I'm that talented <laughs> oh. <laughs> it does but I'm just not that talented I, lo I love I love to watch fantasy on tv things mm -hmm. like that I think it's amazing but I'm just like man you know their minds are way you know, way better than mine is this like me, I, I have to focus on like facts and things like that. But it's a great escape for sure when you're reading and watching shows. Mm. And just the amount of work involved, you know, it's all that world building and, you know, the imagination yeah. and it's just epic, isn't it? Like you think, I don't yeah. know how they do it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when you said you like to watch fantasy, what do you like to watch? You have any favorite movies or TV shows? See, I, I've watched all of the Lord of the Rings stuff. That's kind of a big one. Um, Aragon a while back I watched I watched that for a little bit I mean just different just different types of fantasy and and I don't know if that fall, I don't know if this falls in the fantasy category but maybe um what is this what is this show one of them's called um oh shoot it left me it'll anyway, come back to you. <laughs> it'll come back to me it'll come back to me but the discovery of witches there it is the discovery of witches so I don't okay. know if that's considered fantasy or not but that was a great show and what was that about so what was the plot 
So it was um, Diana Bishop, and um, she's a witch from the Salem era. Her her family is, and she's trying to get her powers, but she's found out that she's been spellbound by her parents. So they're trying to keep her powers hidden from the Covenant so that they don't find her because eventually she's going to end up falling in love with a vampire, which she shouldn't do. And uh, yeah, <laughs> so they cause a little bit of trouble there. And um, he, him and her together end up breaking the Covenant of not letting go. Uh, different creatures marry or intermarry and it's really it's really an interesting read for sure by deborah harkness if anyone's interested okay okay so what drew you to your chosen genre you know what what drew you to writing historical fiction and and crime what appealed to you about working on those types of books well i think i just always i've always loved history and i've always loved telling a story and when we, we live here in Appalachia and Appalachians tend to tell stories a lot about various things that have happened. And I kind of grew up with that sort of thing. So, you know, history is a great way to do that. You can tell a story through historical events and what have happened and you can back it up with facts. And, you know, just seeing this article when I was in high school and just realizing that no one had talked about it for probably 30 plus years. I decided to go ahead and try my hand at finding out what happened to this young girl. And it just, it's really amazing at how quickly the true crime stuff will just swallow you up mm. and it will just like take you down a path. And you're like, you find something and you've got to find something else and you've got to find something else. And then you, and it leads you, every piece comes together and starts to fall into place when you write stories like this. So that's kind of the thing that drew me in was that I was finding out more about her and more about her case mm-hmm. than than had been you know discussed for over 30 years yeah because I guess that leads into my next question I was going to ask you so obviously writing historical fiction and crime and linked to true crime there must be so much research involved so how do you actually approach that process of the research and what was the deepest rabbit hole that you've ever found yourself in in the name of research sure so um so there's a lot to there's a lot to a historical fiction book, especially mm. if you're basing it on a true crime. Um, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I went to my local newspaper. They do a great job of keeping up with all the um, newspaper archives. They've got them all dated back to the 1920s. Wow. Lived in there, yeah, lived in there for probably <laughs> two years. <laughs> just <laughs> off and on. Just Did they start charging you rent? no they were awful curious they were awful curious as to what I was doing uh to be mm. fair you know at the time I was in college and I was researching the Blue Ridge Parkway and this 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 murder happens along the Blue Ridge Parkway right um, so I would I would run across articles about it as I was doing that too so you know yeah so there's a lot of there's a lot of research that went into it a lot of permissions were sent out things of that nature because anytime you use a newspaper clipping or anything like that you've got to get the associated presses a-okay to do that and I mean just note cards I had a notebook I carried around that was so ragged <laughs> I, mean, I don't even <laughs> look like it had been eaten, eaten by the dog yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it really did. It had like sticky notes and and highlighted (laughs) stuff in it. And I would sit during my lunch breaks at work and I would just sketch out a scene. And a lot of those scenes ended up in the book and some of them didn't end up in the book, but a lot of them did. And then, you know, just a lot of note cards and, and the deepest hole I ever went into, I think was when I found a connection between Elva's murder and another murder that happened some 20 years later. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. So if you want to know more, you'll have to read the book. I won't give too much away, but that's, that was a deep, that was a deep moment for me. Cause I was like, wow, you know, what were the chances of me running into that? 
and like absolutely like that is a crazy connection so (laughs) yeah it's amazing what you find isn't it amazing yeah yeah it really is yeah so look so most of your work is set um where you live I believe so are you a, a big believer in the adage of you know write what you know I mean I think you should write what you know to a point um I also think it's okay to get out of your comfort zone if, you know, if you're writing a, a genre like this. I do take my characters outside my county in Devil's Ridge. They go from Allegheny to Yadkin County to Surrey County to Wilkes County. So they do go to surrounding areas um, and other counties. I'm not, I'm not very familiar with. I'm familiar enough with their history to know, you know, where stores were and things like that. But <laughs> I don't live there like yeah. I do here. <laughs> so I'm more familiar with here than I am with there. But of I have course. traveled. I have traveled to those counties and and love every one of them but you know I mean I I think you should just write what you feel comfortable writing and you know if you want to stay within your local community I mean it's it's it could be a great thing because it certainly has been for for me in my case it's this book has these books have really helped me to connect with people like there are real people in my books these people were really living they worked in the community yep and um, I've connected with their family members oh excellent excellent Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, writing where you know, because most of my books are actually set in Sydney. And if the whole book isn't set in Sydney, Sydney does feature in it. You know, so I'm writing yeah. one currently where um, there's a lady who gets um, diagnosed with early onset dementia. Because I, yeah. I work, I'm an aged care clinical nurse consultant, and I work closely with dementia patients at right. work. So it's something that's quite close to my heart. Right. And in the story, you know, she has moved from Sydney to open a bakery in Adelaide, in South Australia, in the Adelaide Hills. I don't know if you've heard of the Barossa Valley where they very famous for wine. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So she's she's moved to sort of Adelaide Hills near the Barossa Valley, open to bakery. Then when she gets diagnosed, she's got to go on this crazy road trip with her best friend back to Sydney to try and, um, you know, reconnect with her estranged daughter. And another book I'm writing is between Sydney and um, Auckland in New Zealand. So it's called Across the Ditch. So I don't know if that sort of, um, body of water between um, Sydney and New Zealand is known as the ditch. So, um, you know, and I, and I know New Zealand quite well. I've been there a few times. I've been to Adelaide. I've been to Queensland, you know. So even though all these places I sort of, I know to a certain degree, it always comes back to Sydney, you know, because that's what I know best. So, yeah, yeah, I think writing what you know makes things a lot easier. And I love it. It makes it a little more immersive for the readers too. If you have a good knowledge of where you're from and then when they come here, they're like, oh, that yeah that's exactly what they described in their book <laughs> yes and, and, and I get a lot of feedback you know people saying yeah. oh you know I used to, to live on the northern beaches in Sydney or I grew up in you know in the eastern suburbs and I just felt like I'd gone back home and you described my childhood and yeah so it's nice when you get that feedback from readers isn't it it's it's, it's yeah. fabulous yeah yeah absolutely yeah. So let's talk about um, your debut novel titled Dividing Ridge. Now, this was based on a true story. So I just wanted to read out one of the reviews, if, if that's okay. We'll start with that. That's fine. Yeah. So I thought this was a wonderful review. It said, despite the book's subject matter, author, author Stacey Hawkes appears to effortlessly combine several difficult tasks, including presenting the horrible facts of the case, imagining and reenacting the murder, convincingly discussing how the crime scene indicates that the killer likely knew the victim of her family and describing how the hunt for the murderer in this North Carolina setting strained this idyllic community. Hawks does all the right, sorry, does this all while capturing the pain the victim's family obviously suffered as a result of this senseless crime. 
So I thought that was a really wonderful in-depth review of your book. Yeah, I really, we, we appreciate all, all the reviews on, on Dividing Ridge and on Devil's Ridge as well. You know, I, I like to hear the, I like to hear the feedback on them because, you mm. know, I, I read the books many times myself through the mm-hmm. editing process. And I'm just like, I don't want to pick it up again. <laughs> yeah. You get sick of looking at it, don't you? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> you get kind of tired. You get kind of tired. I mean, but it, it, it was, it was great to write. It was, um, it was hard to write at times because of the subject mm. and because of, you know, the topic that I had to cover. And what was interesting about Dividing Ridge as opposed to Devil's Ridge is that Dividing Ridge doesn't really have an antagonist. It doesn't okay. really have, there's no face. There's no face to the mm. murderer or murderers because mm. no one knew who they were. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. So I had to take that, I had to take that a whole other direction when I wrote about the murder itself. And then with Dev- Devil's Ridge, I could just easily say, this is my, you know, my antagonist. This is who he is. This is what he does. And he's more like an anti-hero than an antagonist, but you know, nevertheless, at least I had a, you had a face and a name and kind of a backstory. Mm. Stacey it would have been quite emotional um, writing that first book because of the you know the details of this horrific crime did you feel like you needed to take breaks and sort of step away from it for a while because it was quite upsetting working on the book I had to I had to take several breaks while I was writing the book it took me about a year to write this book Mm -hmm. and like I would I would write a scene or two and then I would get to this scene where I was like I know I'm going to have to really dig deep because it's going to be a funeral scene or it's going to be the scene where the sheriff takes the father in to identify the body it's going to be you know and I'm trying to be as respectful as I can as mm-hmm. well um with these scenes because you know it is someone it, is, it was a real person it is yeah. you know the, the the family is still you know still around and we I do want you know I just wanted to provide them with as much information as possible about the case but also hopefully inspire some folks out there to say you know maybe I could help solve this or maybe you know maybe something will change but yeah I mean I took breaks quite a bit throughout the book as I was writing I even took a 10-year break to be honest I never oh, really yeah, I didn't publish the book for 10 years. It sat in a drawer. And I was like, I don't know if I want to publish this. I don't know if I should publish this. <laughs> but, so, you know. W- w- it, did you have a lot of fear about, you know, maybe how people would react or whether someone who was involved might pick it up and read it? Also, how were you feeling when you thought I'm going to put it away and I'm not sure what to do? I also didn't have, like I said, you know, back then we didn't have KDP. We didn't have self-publishing. So Mm. I was trying to go the traditional route and I was submitting it to traditional publications and things like that and trying to get someone to get back with me. And, and, you know, I got a lot of rejections. Uh, People just weren't ready for the Southern historical fiction, true crime thing. Again, you know, it's kind of exploded here lately. What with where the crawdads sing and all that, but um, you know, they just weren't ready for it. I don't guess. And I never did, um, never did get a traditional publisher to pick it up. Uh, so I just left it. Life happened. I went after my bachelor's degree, finished that went after my master's degree, finished that mm-hmm. worked, um, worked as a caseworker, And then, um, and then just said, you know what? <laughs> I looked at it one day and I was like, you know what? It's time. It's, it's now or never. Like I've got to, I've got to put this thing out there and I've got to get it going and see what I can do. And that's when I started to pick up with all the AP stuff and getting the permissions from them to use the real newspaper article clippings in the book. And so, but yeah, but I mean, some of that was also, you know, I don't know how people are going to react to this, you know, cause it's, it's been, it's been a long time since this happened. True. It's been like 80 some years, but like I said, 
family's still there and everything. I just want to make sure I was as respectful as possible. But so far, the family has really loved it. Um, so has, uh, I actually sell my book. I actually sell this in a store where Elva's great niece works. She owns the store. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And coincidentally, the store is Smithy's store that's featured in the book too. So Tanya has really been awesome. Yeah. Cause I was just going to ask you, you know, have you had feedback from the family? So that's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I've even met uh, a friend of Elva's. She's 103 years old. She's one of the oldest living relatives in our County. Oh God, and, love her. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so she's talked to me about Elva at a book signing and then the sheriff's uh, granddaughter, Brenda Irwin Frizzell, she came and provided a lot of information about her grandfather that actually led up to the second book, Devil's Ridge. So me and Brenda have been good friends too from this. Oh, that's lovely. It's wonderful. So, so tell me about Devil's Ridge. So tell me about this book. So Devil's Ridge is about um, a moonshine car thief gang leader who resides here in Allegheny County. Mm -hmm. He runs a multi-county illicit liquor operation. (laughs) <laughs> and to keep it running as smooth as his moonshine he has to stay a step ahead of the law at all costs even if that means setting deputy Irwin's world aflame he's he's quite a he's quite a piece of work connor ridge and uh, that's part partly where the ridge series gets its name from okay okay because yeah. that that was an like an interesting time in history so one of the reviews that i read said um i'm a sucker for stories of bootleggers and crime But Devil's Ridge is so much more than a typical crime story. Miss Hawkes captures what I believe to be the essence of the American experience of prohibition. So I thought that was a great review as well. Yeah, yeah, it focuses a lot on, you know, why people did moonshining and bootlegging in the Blue Ridge Mountains or in rural Appalachia. A -hmm. lot of these families were affected by, um, of course, by the Great Depression. But before the Great Depression, we were in a cultural, agricultural depression. So there wasn't a lot of things going and selling very well or corn wasn't selling well unless it was sold in liquid form (laughs) and (laughs) and being bootlegged out. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, NASCAR, NASCAR was born here in North Carolina. I live not but 45 minutes away from the moonshine capital of the world, Wilkes County. Yep. Um, and that's, that's where, that's where NASCAR originated. And uh, that's how it got done. It got done by bootleggers and, you know, they could take their cars apart. I learned so much about how to take a car apart. Oh, how really cool. It, how, how to outfit it for moonshine hauling, how to make moonshine, how to tell if it's hundred proof. <laughs> there, there's a life skill right there, Stacey. You've got a great life skill. There you go. I know I know my friends are all the time joking with me you know I told you to stay out of the moonshine no um (laughs) but I mean they 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 love they love the fact that this book has a little more action in it too and it's more of a prequel than it is a sequel to Dividing Ridge because in Devil's Ridge um Deputy Erwin is a deputy he's not really sheriff yet um but but we kind of work our way there in Devil's Ridge and it was really fun it was really fun to write I had a little more freedom because I, I didn't have the constraints of the research and having to cite sources and talk to newspapers and get permissions and things like that, or talk to family members and get permissions. The family members already knew that their family member was probably going to be featured in the book. They were excited. Um, so, oh, excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And so so were, you didn't feel yeah. so bogged yeah. down with that book, yeah. with all that work that you had to do with the other one. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and they gave, and they actually, and one of the pictures that are, that is in Devil's Ridge, I think it's the only picture in the back that was actually provided by Sheriff Walter Irwin's granddaughter as well. So, I mean, you know, they contribute to the books and the same as can be said for the third book, the third book will be a little different. There's a new sheriff, there's a new MC, but there's a little, little show of individuals from the other two previous series. And it kind of touches on those books, but yeah, it was definitely yeah. a lot more fun to write. And is it is it a three book series? This will be the final one. It is. It is. This is the third and final book for the Ridge series. Okay. So where are you up to with this book, Stacey? Are you still writing it? Is it is it complete? Where are you up to in the process? The third book is a. It should be released in 2023. I am actually editing that book now. We got it. Um, we got our proof back the other day. So we've had proofs around and beta readers have been reading with me and I'll probably read it 50 more times. before. I of course you will. To, yep. <laughs> yeah. Before I decide to push print and publish on KDP. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, in, it's, it's in the, it's in the early stages yet, but I think we'll get there probably by May or May or June next year. Oh, fantastic. And and is there, what's the title of this book? Do we have a title? We do not have a working title yet. We're just calling it Ridge 3. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. And we're waiting. It's a work in, pro work in progress. Yeah, it'll come. It, def yep. it definitely is. It's definitely a WP. You know, it took me a while to get uh, to get the name for Devil's Ridge because I wasn't really sure I wanted to do another Ridge book. But my friend was like, she was reading it and she says, you know, she said, I think you can do something with this. I'm just going to throw this name out there. You tell me what you think. And I thought, okay. And I thought, yeah, okay, we'll make it work. <laughs> yeah. We can do that. We can do that. And with Dividing Ridge, it had a double meaning. Um, the, the cover of the book is mountains and it's actually a real place. That's an overlook. It's called uh, Devil's Garden on the Blue Ridge Parkway. Mm -hmm. And um, the school that Elva went to is called Dividing Ridge. Um, dividing rich school but it also meant that it divided a community the case did so you know the titles had different meanings and devil's ridge has a meaning but you'll have to read the book to figure out <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah to don't give too much away yeah don't give too much away so are you working up so apart from the third book in the series do you have anything else in the works any standalone books or any other ideas in your head because, you know, as yeah, writers, I've, we've always got ideas floating around in our head, haven't we, all sure. the time? Uh, oh, my gosh. I, I've got, like, three WIPs right now that I'm just sitting there going, oh, man, I don't know how I'm going to do all this. <laughs> I, I've got two, and I thought that was bad. <laughs> I've got two. Yeah, I do the layouts for the books. I, like, come up with character names and stuff like that first, mm -hmm. and then I write their backstory, and then I just sort of put the story together as a whole. So I've gotten, like, three separate WIP setting, and I'm going, I don't know if I want to start this one first, this one first, or the other one first. But one of them is also kind of loosely based on a true crime, uh, just like Devil's Ridge was. It's just mm -hmm. sort of loosely based. Um, not, not all of it will be true, but some of it will be true. Um, and, again, it'll probably be set here in Allegheny County, but it'll be a different time period. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It's hard when you've got to, they're all competing, aren't they? You know, all your works in progress are competing for you to work on them. And sometimes it's really hard to prioritize, you know, what you want to do next. I, I feel you definitely. Man it, man, it is. Or you procrastinate to no end and you're just like, I, I should do it, but I don't, I don't feel like doing it. I'll hop on Twitter and I'll, I'll find out that I'm on Twitter for like two hours. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And, th and then you start chatting to your friends on Twitter. Yes. And, you know, before you know it, you're like, oh, my God, it's been three hours. I should get some work done or it's time that for bed. My, 
Yep. That is my, that is my downfall for sure. Social media, like I'll be on there. Once I get on, I can't get off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you seem very much like me, you know, like you, we'll get to your podcast, but you know, being a podcast host as well, you're obviously a very social person like me, you come across that way. So yeah. we always end yeah. up chatting to people and don't we, and, and going off on a tangent oh, yeah. and yeah, it makes it hard. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> They're like drop me a DM. I'll be talking to you half the day in the DM. Yes. I'm like, Oh, tell me more about this. Tell me more about that. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so Stacey, I want to talk about your your poetry. Um, because I said I love poetry and you know, um, you don't see a lot of poetry books published and you know, I think poetry sometimes get gets a bit of a bad rap. So you've got three titles, haven't you? I think so. Um, The Writings on the Wall, Chasing Ghosts, and Inked in Blue that you've published. Is that correct? Yeah, and Center Stage went out this year. It went out earlier this year. It's, oh, uh, it's sorry, new, I missed that one. No, it's okay. It's a new collection. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, I have four, four, four titles that have been published. Um, Center Stage was a little more theme set. So it talks mm-hmm. about acting and your life being on the stage and feeling like, you know, like Shakespeare said, all, all the world's a stage and we're merely players um, in it. So I kind of drew from that um, when it came for that collection. But the other three are pretty much just collections of poetry that I collected over the years when I was in high school and college and just let set. And then one day just said, that's it. I'm going to edit them and I'm going to put them out there and I'm going to do separate collections for them and had a good time doing it and even have um, assisted a friend of mine do hers. So she's debuting her poetry collection. She actually debuted it last weekend and it's called Mermaid in the Moon. It's by Stephanie Ray. Yep. And uh, Stephanie is, uh, she's one of our first indie authors to be published under Dividing Ridge Books. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. That's lovely. And, you know, when you said that you put, uh, you went back to, you know, poems that you'd written in high school and college and and put them together in a collection, were a lot of those poems based on, you know, your experience at the time when you wrote them and it was interesting just to to look back at that all those years later? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It would have been quite emotional. yeah, some of them were kind of like, wow, you know, I wrote this when I was, I remember what I was going through when I wrote some of them. Mm. I was like, oh, wow, you know, <laughs> yeah. how, how did I, how did I think to write this? And sometimes you look at something you're writing, you're going, did I really write that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> did I really write that? Was that me? Um, so, you know, yeah, it was definitely a moment of reflection. I, I, th- I think that's what poetry is meant to be anyway. I think it's yeah. meant to be a reflection. Yeah. Of looking at yourself and looking at a situation and then, you know, being able to put it into some kind of perspective. Yeah. And looking back and, and thinking about how much you've grown or, you know, how you've come out the other side of a situation, whether it be good or bad. So I think it's it's great to look back, isn't it, and reflect on all of yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So so what inspires your work and, you know, what else do you love about expressing yourself through poetry? Because I think it's such a wonderful expression, isn't it, poetry? It really is. I I think, I think what inspires me is probably, you know, where I live. So I think, I think, you know, when you, you can't just, I can walk out on my front porch and see a view Mm. and like, it can, it can inspire you and it it can hit you at any time. But, you know, most time it's when I'm, when I'm out in nature or walking or taking a ride or just riding, riding in my car and listening to music or something like that. And it'll just hit me and I'll be like, Oh, I've got to write that down somewhere. Thank God for cell phones now, because you can easily like put them in your little sticky notepad on your cell phone. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I'm I'm using my notes all the time on my Samsung. Oh yeah. Just, just some dot points and yeah. Ideas for characters or plots or yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when I, cause when I was younger, it was like notebook. I had to have a notebook with me at all times. 
And, oh, I still and, love a pen and notebook. I'm, I'm yeah, pretty old school. When I write my yeah. books, my first draft is on paper. Absolutely. Yeah, I do too. I've got these great journals called paper blanks and you can buy them on Amazon or you can buy them at Barnes and Noble used to carry them too. The paper blanks and they've got magnetic folds, but they've also got impressions of like Bach's music, Beethoven's music, Edgar Allan Poe's poetry. You can find them with like Abraham Lincoln's writings on them. They're really cool. So if you like art and you like history. Oh, I've never seen them. Yeah, you might want to check those out. Yeah, they got Leonardo da Vinci designs, all kinds of stuff. And what were they called again? Paper blanks. Paper, I'm going to write that down. Interesting. I'm going to have a look. On Amazon, (laughs) yeah? Shopping spree. (laughs) Excellent. I love a good shopping spree. (laughs) beautiful now let's get into your podcast so like me you're a podcaster and your podcast is called the writing wall so tell me about your podcast I I have listened to a couple of episodes but yeah I intend on listening to a lot more yeah so tell tell our listeners about your your podcast so the writing wall podcast is for indie authors and traditional authors we especially love to feature authors from right here in North Carolina Mm -hmm. and um, we're on every second and fourth Saturday of the month when our season is in we're on our fifth season our season finale will be coming up at the end of october um we're planning for season six we're booked now for season six we're really excited congratulations six seasons that's awesome yeah we're actually excited to bring that to everybody in february 2023 fantastic and who who have been some of the most memorable um you know authors you've had on recently anyone that you can remember you'd like to have a chat about give them a bit of a plug (laughs) oh my gosh so uh let's see so definitely um mary kimball she's amazing she's a great writer her book was titled the spinster's fortune it's also based on a true story slash historical fiction uh it's about a spinster in the 1920s who ends up finding herself in a home and while she's in this home because she's elderly um people go into her home and they raid it and wow yeah yeah (laughs) that's awful Yeah, so lots of lots of good ones there. Paul Attaway has been on our podcast. He's the author of Blood in the Low Country. His two is also historical fiction, true crime. Um, and then, I mean, just tons and tons and tons of great writers um, out there that we've had. I mean, I don't think I can name them all possibly. No, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, I can they, relate. They've all, so they many. Have all been, they've all been so amazing, though. So amazing. Yeah. And Stacey, like me, do you get to interview people from all over the world or is it really just local people that you get to to interview on the podcast? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I I interviewed um, an individual from Scotland. We have done Mexico. We've had individuals from uh, Spain, Germany, Jamaica. Oh, cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You name it pretty much from all over the world. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful, isn't it? Like, you know, because I feel very lucky, you know, that I get to talk to people from all over the world and it's just such a great privilege and it's so interesting, isn't it, talking to people from different places, different cultures, different experiences, different backgrounds. It's just, it's really a really enriching experience, isn't it, to chat to everybody. Yeah, it really is. And it's amazing, like, how much we have in common. I mean, you know, yes. especially when it comes to writing and sharing our stories and we're all we're all really striving for the same thing and that's to bring awareness to our stories and share them with people that might not otherwise get to you know get to hear them or hear about them and that's the great thing about the podcast we we have a we have a local listenership that really enjoys it and they pick up other books from us and and uh, they're like oh I heard I heard about this book on your podcast and that is so cool and thank you for sharing you know so it's always good to get that kind of feedback yeah so so what do you love about hosting the podcast? Like for me, it's, you know, it's networking and 
really the main thing for me is helping to promote and support other authors. That's why I do it, you know, to try and support people and help them get their work out there. Yeah, hundred percent. It's, it's pretty much the same for me as well. I enjoy, I also enjoy what my manager helps us do. He helps us do our, um, our graphics and things like that. So I enjoy sharing the books in a different way, like on the, on our social media pages and like, here's a graphic for this and a graphic for that. And we do videos and things like that for each author when they're on. And we just really go above and beyond promoting them on our buy me a coffee page and platforms. And, yeah. you know, it, it is, it is a great way to, as I said, just bring awareness to their stories and help them and help them possibly find other followers, you know, um, that would really enjoy following them and being part of, of their journey as well. Well, so it's just a great network of people. I'm really, I'm really happy with, you know, how the writing community supports, you know, other writers. It's wonderful, isn't it? It's one of the most wonderful communities. Yeah. So supportive and engaging. Um, and even when you look at Twitter, you know, you hear people saying that, what do they call it? You know, normal Twitter is quite, can be quite nasty, but it's like we're in this yeah. safe little bubble, isn't it? In the writing community, yeah. it's this safe, friendly, supportive space. And we're unaware of what else goes on. Do you feel like yeah. it's a little lovely little bubble? Yeah, I do. And I, 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 I like, I like that part of it. I don't think, you know, I, I, I think we've got enough, we have enough going on in the world without a lot of negativity. So if we can find a space that's positive, yeah, that's where we, that's where we need to be. Yeah, 100%. And while we're on that sort of, you know, talking about supporting others, now you and I, um, we're both partners with Tea with Coffee Media with the lovely Tyler Witowski. Ah, that's right, Tyler. Yes, and um, he's just one of the most wonderful human beings, isn't he, And he's actually just recently been a guest on this podcast, which was lovely. Cool. Yeah, yeah, he is an awesome individual. We're, we're going to have him actually on for season six. He's going to be talking a lot with us about Tea with Coffee Media and what mm-hmm. that entails and what all that does. So, and hopefully he'll join us. Sometimes he joins us for our live Twitter shout outs. And tomorrow night we're having our live Twitter shout outs on uh, Twitter spaces at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if anyone would like to join, most certainly can. Just keep an eye on our social media pages. We usually announce those and uh, people can jump on and talk to me about their book. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. But yeah, like like you, I feel very privileged, you know, when he asked me to be a partner because he's just one of the most wonderful, supportive, kind human beings that you will ever meet. He's such a wonderful guy. Yeah, Yeah, he truly is. Yeah, Yeah, he's really really supportive and it's amazing what he's been able to build. Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes it makes me think, you know, God, you know, I'm thinking to myself, you know, you guys have got all these teams of people, you know, working on your podcast or working on your your blog and and his little old me doing it all by myself, you know. (laughs) So sometimes I think I really don't know how I, you know, how I keep doing this, but yeah, Yeah, um, yeah, I'm motivated. It is. It can. Yeah. It can get, it can get, it can get busy. It can get hard. Now, sometimes I'm doing it all on my own because my manager steps away or things like that for yeah. holidays, vacations yep. and, or his job because everybody's working, you know, and, and it's, it, it, it just takes a lot of balance. And we we're lucky to be able to schedule these things out. A lot of times we've got schedulers for Twitter and Instagram, mm-hmm. and we just let it post automatically. We already write everything out <laughs> and, you know, it makes life a little easier um, and until it doesn't work. And then we're like, why did that not post? my ketchup but you know that happens rarely but it it is it's it's definitely it keeps you busy it keeps you busy podcast absolutely now I know you've got a blog haven't you um attached to everything as well so what types of things like tell my listeners what types of things you post on the blog 
So for the writing wall blog, um, a lot of people will find our post on our upcoming guests and Mm -hmm. um, who they are, their links, their book information, details, things like that. Um, If you go back a little further, we did like more story type of interviews with our authors. But for the past two seasons, we kind of cut those down to just the author biography and the links and things like that that people can go on there and find. But they can also follow us on Wix and they can get like updates on who's next and see our newsletter and all that. So newsletter goes out the first of each month and it lists our podcast schedule and our guests and who all is on there. And everybody can kind of know what to expect from from visiting the blog beautiful beautiful now Stacey what I want to do is just ask you some questions you know just some writing questions in general so (laughs) if I was to ask you what does literary success look like to you what would you say I would say literary success looks like you know me having fun writing my books enjoying what I'm writing and it yeah and it and and people enjoying reading what I write and leaving positive reviews you know I know all my I know books aren't 100% perfect and I know all books aren't one size fits all but you know if if the genre that I'm writing uh emulates with somebody and they they really enjoy it that's what that's what success looks like to me in that in that sense good answer Great answer. I love it. <laughs> now, Stacey, do you have a, a writing routine and a writing dedicated writing space or are you just sort of a bit ad hoc like me? <laughs> I kind of, you know, it's, it's really funny. Like when I'm, when I'm planning the book, I'll plan the book first and then it'll probably take me about a week or two weeks before I actually start any writing schedule. Mm-hmm. And what I'll do is I'll try to write at least twice a week. So it's usually on the weekends when I'm writing. And it's usually like maybe 30 minutes to an hour at that. And sometimes it's mostly from my phone. And then I'll just go in and copy and paste it all into a Word document. (laughs) How do you, (laughs) oh, look, I have to ask you, how do you find it writing on your phone? I've never done that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because, you know, I had, I had lower back surgery in 2019. So it's made it difficult for me to sit at a computer for any length of time without having to get it. Yeah. Without having to get up, move around and, and start all over again. So I just thought, you know, the most comfortable place for me is really in my recliner Mm -hmm. and I can just sit there with my phone in my hand and I can just type, 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 type. (laughs) But I, but I know autocorrect likes to take over and it messes some words up. And so I have to copy and paste all of it onto a word document anyway, and go back to the computer later on and run it through. And You're yelling at it. your phone. Yeah. It was concentration, not constipation. Yes, exactly. That's exactly it. May whoever came up with autocorrect rest in peace. I can't stand autocorrect, but, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, totally hundred percent. That's it. It's okay. Writing from the phone. It's not the best situation, but I have found it to come in handy yeah yeah I'll tell you a funny story completely (laughs) completely off topic but there's a lovely um uh author on Twitter who's also a fellow Aussie and she's also a nurse like me and um she we were talking one day about you know when you're on night like I don't do shift work anymore but you know five o'clock in the morning after a night shift and you're not concentrating very well and this was back in the days when there was no computer so all our nursing documentation was you know pen and paper in the in the patient's file and I think it was about 5.30 in the morning. And that's why I use those two, two words in that example. I had written, like I'd emptied the patient's catheter bag. So I'd emptied the urine out of the bag and I'd documented um, 600 mils of constipated urine drained from the bag. And it was supposed to be concentrated. And so oh, the next no. day someone pointed out to me, are you sure this is correct? I'm like, oh, I was obviously half asleep, <laughs> you know. So, but that was before <laughs> the days of, you know, any autocorrect or so I'd written it in this patient's right. file. <laughs> right. So, 
well, there was a lady my mother worked for. My mother was a CNA for years and she worked with her and she put down in the notes. I hoped him up. And my mom oh. looked at him and she's like, what? <laughs> said, Did I read that right? She's I think she was just so tired. Yeah. It just looked like hoped, I hoped him up and then I hoped him up. <laughs> so yeah, we have, we have those moments. We have those moments. Absolutely. Now, here's, here's a good question for you. Now, if I'm if I'm writing, I'm really boring. I've usually just got a glass of mineral water to keep me hydrated. So, like, is there something you like to eat and drink when you're writing? Do you have a favorite beverage or a favorite snack? Oh, we covered this on one of my podcasts one time. This was so fun. Yeah. Um, right, writerly snacks. Yeah, writerly snacks. Now, I'll go with I'll go with peanuts, like almonds, peanuts, something like that, or I'll go with grapes, something healthy. I try to be as healthy as I can with it, or I'll drink um, tea, um, coffee. It just sort of depends on the morning if it's hot or cold outside. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are my go-to writerly snacks. My friends had some interesting, <laughs> some interesting beverage choices. Do tell, uh, do tell. <laughs> my, one of my friends loves dragon fruit water, flavored water. Oh, okay. Yep. He loves, he loves it. I mean, it's good. It is good, but I mean, he just, he loves that stuff. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, just different kinds of food, brownies. <laughs> yeah. I, I love asking people that, you know, cause we're all so different, you know, yeah. we're all so yeah. different. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some people will, you know, snack on celery and carrot sticks and try and be really healthy. And other people go, oh my God, how have I eaten a whole family block of chocolate? <laughs> you know, so oh, we're all very different. Yeah. yeah. Now I can do that too. I could pull that off too, but I don't oh, me too. Don't worry. <laughs> try not to. I try not to. I try very, very hard not to, but I love to eat like a Lindor white chocolate. That's like one of my favorite. Oh things. yeah. I love white yeah. chocolate. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Anything with chocolate in it is a go. I love it. I love it. Now, serious question now, Stacey. Let's get serious. What advice would you give a new author? A new author. Or anyone, you know, thinking, oh, I really want to write a book. I don't think, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know where to start. What advice would you give them? Sure. I would say, I would say, do if you're, if you're writing a historical fiction book, just be sure that you do your research mm-hmm. and be sure that you enjoy writing about the era time period that you're interested in. Cause you're going to be, you're going to be researching a lot and studying a lot and don't worry about bogging the book down with lots of historical accuracy, but instead just cater the story. Um, you know, just make sure that you, that the love comes through of what you're writing and make that a part of the make that part of your writing experience, your publishing experience, but promote too, because you need to treat your book like a business, have an editor, look it over, engage beta readers, engage with the writing communities, the social media, build up your social media. There's some amazing people out there, like we discussed and mm-hmm. just interact with them however you can. Yeah, absolutely. And look at just, you know, yourself, myself and Tyler, you know, how we've all sort of become friends on social media. It's yeah, they really need to get themselves out there. Don't they and just connect with people? Absolutely. Cause that's the main thing. I, I think, I think the pro at that really, and I, I commend, I commend Catherine Inman 100%. She's been on our podcast as well. She's the author of counting spoons. Mm-hmm. She really built up her social media before she did the querying process. And then we all watched her go through that process and get rejected and rejected and rejected. And then finally she got picked up. 
Fantastic. And so then we were all like, yeah, go Catherine. (laughs) (laughs) Catherine's cheer squad had the pom-poms out jumping up and down. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. We were all like, cannot wait to have you on the podcast. Cannot wait to welcome you into the indie author writing community. And then she just sort of took off with a promotion after that. So, I mean, she's a great example of what to do, you know, for your book to make it a success. Yeah. And isn't that wonderful that, you know, within the writing community, we all cheer each other on, don't we? There's no nastiness. There's no, we don't see each other as competition. We see each other as colleagues and partners, you know, and we all encourage each other. We're always happy when someone has success. And I think that's so wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, again, I love that about the community that there's no, there's no real downside of being part of it. No. No, I would definitely say to anyone thinking about writing a book or thinking about, you know, joining Twitter or, you know, Facebook and and sort of immersing themselves in the writing community, don't hesitate, just dive straight in, you won't regret it. Yeah. Yeah. So talking about online, you know, Stacey, where can people find you online? Where are you on social media? So they can follow us on Facebook, Dividing Ridge Books, or they can follow us on Instagram at Dividing Ridge Author and the same with TikTok. Lately, we're on TikTok at Dividing Ridge Author. I lasted six weeks on TikTok (laughs) and then I deleted it. (laughs) It was too much hard work for me. (laughs) We're trying. We're trying. And then, then of course, they can follow us on Twitter at Mm -hmm. uh, D Ridge Books. And then with the podcast, it's at The Writing Wall on Twitter and at Writings on the Wall 85 for Instagram. Beautiful. Beautiful. And the website? Um, The website, our link, our link tree link is listed on our Instagram and Twitter pages. So if you go there, you can click that link and it'll take you to all of our platforms. Beautiful. Beautiful. Stacey, is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we wrap things up? I believe that's it. I appreciate it so much, Haley. Thank you so much for letting me be part of your podcast. It's been a pleasure. Oh, no, it's look, I said, we've been talking for a while on Twitter and, you know, we've trying to schedule things in and my life being so hectic, we got there eventually. So it's been so lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much. Oh, are you still there? Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. You disappeared okay. for a minute there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, my, my, my connection might have dropped just a minute because of the because of the wind out here. So yeah, well, we'll, we'll forgive you, Stacey, because you know, you're yeah. in the middle of a hurricane there. God yeah. Love you. yeah. <laughs> but no, I was just saying it's, um yeah, it's been a while coming and it's so, so lovely to talk to you. And I'm, I'm sure we will, you know, keep chatting on social media. And um, I now consider you a friend. Everyone I talk to is a friend when it comes to me. I'm very that type of person. So it's been lovely. Absolutely. It has. Thank you again so much. I've really appreciated it. No, you're more than welcome. So thanks for listening, guys. And remember, when we write, we can't go wrong. And until next time, bye for now.